Welcome to the 502 Podcast, recorded on location at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Here's your host, Alec Rome. Welcome to another episode of the 502 Podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening for another episode live. Well, it's not live, but it is live. It's live to us. It was live back in the day, which was only a couple days ago, depending on what segment we were doing. Oh, it's too confusing. (laughs) We're going to start off with a little bit of a discussion on something you might not know about the man sitting across from me, Dustin Stortzum's life and hobbies. Dustin, yeah, bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast again, Dustin. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Feeling better. Feeling live. The room is all cleaned up. The 502 is rocking. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I I like the new room set up there. You got the Canadian flag and... uh couple different flags the up U- there, man. The yeah. Union Jack yeah. and uh, the Irish one. I just, the, I think they call it the drinking one or the fighting one. I don't know. Fighting Irish flag. You, you do a really good job, man, decorating. I like we, it. I like the room. Yeah, we. I really try to make it feel like home here. Um, it, it's always a work in progress. It's always constantly changing, just like most things in life. But let's discuss something that people might not know about you because I'm an avid video game player. I'm an avid video game player. Uh, enthusiast. I don't play as much as I can. Sometimes you get a little bit busy. But I just found out just a couple days ago that Dustin, you used to play and stream Call of Duty professionally. What was that experience like? And and what was it like actually competing and playing on sort of a pro level? Right. So I guess you could consider me pro to 95% of the COD community, whereas, you know, they just pub stomp all day. Um, I play competitive, quote-unquote, Call of Duty, and basically, if you guys have never heard of game battles or Major League Gaming, uh, that's the website I compete on, so I play matches against other teams, and it's a lot different from pub stomping, where you have 6v6, and you can just run around with your head cut off, you know, around the map. This is different. Uh, There's coordinated pushes, there's certain game modes that you play, like the game types are hardpoint, search and destroy, and capture the flag. And so, actually, I used to travel the country and play competitive Call of Duty for a lot of money. I, the last event I went to was in New Orleans yeah, right after New Year's here this year, and I competed for $250,000. Wowza! $250,000! Yeah. That's like a lot of Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's a lot. That's half of what Ninja gets paid a month. Wow! Still. <laughs> wow! Um, but yeah, so I went down there, there was 256 teams from all over the world competing in that tournament in New Orleans, and the arena is ginormous. I mean, it is huge. Uh, they played in a huge convention center down there, and man, it was, it was amazing. You just walk in, and you're like, this is, this is esports, this is video games. Like, I'm sharing the same passion, the same love as over a thousand people in this convention center right now. And it was just amazing to see. It really was. Was everybody packed? Was there a lot of people, fans in that one? Because sometimes it depends. There might not be a lot, but like League of Legends is selling out LA Coliseums. Right. So there was quite a bit of seating there. A lot of the fans were actually the players because a lot of the amateurs play on Friday and quite a few of the teams get knocked out. I think they go to losers round four. So over half of the teams are knocked out on that Friday. Um, So a lot of those kids who get knocked out basically become the audience for the pro league as they play there as well 
Um, but there's a lot of spectators who come in and watch. I think it was like a $40 pass to come in for the weekend and watch the pro teams. And, and all the pro players are super nice and they go out, they talk to the fans in the crowd and you know, they're not, they're not really big headed. So it, it's really nice to see the community work like that, where the pros can, uh, can go out and just talk and, and meet with different fans and other players. Now tell us a little bit, discuss what the feeling was like, I guess, when you're actually in the game, in the arena, you put the headset on, you have, are you playing controller or PC? Controller. Okay, yeah, so Call of Duty. you got the controller in your hand, the game gets started. What's running through your mind knowing that you're now playing against the best of the best? Right, so like when you're at home, you're relaxed in your chair, you got your supper sitting on your desk. Probably a Coke <laughs> if you're me. Coke, yeah, a pop, you know, something like that. But... Once you get into that environment, it's like that feeling of because I played baseball, you know, that was the one sport I played throughout high school and and throughout my years growing up. And it it was like that feeling you get that feeling in your stomach before the game starts, man, you're looking to your left and your right and you got your teammates sitting there. And I teamed with one kid from high school and then one kid from Indiana and another kid from California. I'd never met them in person before the event. And we end up staying in a hotel, a hotel together for the whole weekend. But man, it was just crazy. Like looking to my left and my right and seeing two kids that I knew online, you know, but I had no idea what they look like in person or anything. And then you look across from you and there's this whole other team that just wants to destroy you, wants to beat you. And then there's games to your right, games to your left. The pro announcers are making noise or the intercoms, the, the pro league teams are playing, man. It's, it's a, it's a feeling that, I mean, you have to go there to to actually feel that and uh man it is it's exciting now before we get into kind of the larger scopes of esports because obviously that's just a a small taste now what is becoming a uh in my opinion a multi-billion dollar market some are valuing it a little bit lower than that but really it's becoming huge how did you do in that tournament so we ended up getting, we went one and two in the tournament. I think we placed like 150. It, we placed in the middle of the pack. We didn't, we didn't play very well, but we were also a team coming in on two weeks practice. I actually quit competing before that event and something came up where one team needed a player and they offered to cover most of my trip down there. And so fortunately I was able to compete with them and I held my own. I didn't play bad at all. Actually, I was surprised by how well I actually played, um, but yeah, we, we didn't place uh, anywhere near the top, but just the experience alone was worth the trip. Well, that's very cool. And what we're now seeing, I'm sure some of you listening home have heard about four kids getting Fortnite coaches and all that and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's becoming a new trend. But I, I think the reason why esports is going to absolutely grow is because no matter who you are, what you know your body type is where you come from no matter what you can pick up a controller and play and play at a good level if you work hard at it in my opinion Um, some people of course are going to be naturally gifted still with reaction time and all that but I think in a normal sport like golf where I guess the ceiling for some people the ceilings are going to be drastically different Nowadays, you can watch the pro players on Twitch. You can learn things from pro players, and it kind of closes the gap, to be honest with you. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, especially in Call of Duty. Actually, the the, the pro players that used to stream or stream their scrims and you know them versing other teams, they've quit doing that because teams are picking up on their on their game plan and what they want to do in certain hard points and what they want to do in search and destroy. And they actually, you know, they have setups for each map that they do. 
And when they were streaming these amateurs and other pro teams were picking up on it like, oh, hey, we can we can sit in this spot and see this angle. And so they've actually quit streaming their their scrims altogether. And they said that that's probably one of the reasons why it's hurt the eSport is because the pros are like, oh, crap, we, we can't be you know, streaming our scrims because people are going to figure out what we're doing and, and where we're going to go. It's almost like the NFL. It was like it's like right. giving your game film to the Patriots for a second. They're just giving it to them. But I, I guess at the same point, you know, the NFL goes eight months out of the year without a single game. And we just continue to hype about it. And now you get to the point, I guess, with no scrimmages that you either watch single broadcasters or, you know, maybe a random team put together that squads up for Fortnite or whatever game it is until you get to the big events, until you get to the Overwatch leagues, which I'm going to touch on in a little bit, or the ESLs or whatever it might be. Personally, I have dabbled. I guess the first competitive game that I watched a lot was Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Um, Counter-Strike was one of the, I guess, the pioneering esports back in the day. Like it had the original Counter-Strike and then it went into it was Counter-Strike Source after that. And that was a big esport that slowly started to grow. And then when uh, Global Offensive came around, there was more big tournaments and you start seeing like uh, Phase Ninjas in Pajamas, and uh, I think Cloud Nine played. Yeah, I, I yep. think Cloud yeah, Nine plays CS:GO, and so obviously they built from that, and now pretty much join into every single you know game out there nowadays. Even Rocket League, <laughs> which which was I would say that might be the second. That was the second game I was truly like exposed to competitive play because the I would say Counter Strike, the maps you have to have map knowledge there. But I guess in Call of, you know, when you're doing different maps in Call of Duty, I almost feel like in with a round, when you're having to get round by round, I guess, in Counter-Strike and the map is so rigid, sometimes your entry points, you essentially have three ways of entry, A, B, mid. Or sometimes it's not even that, it's A, B, and occasionally you take different paths, but it, it comes down to so much of your, your smoke play, your flashbangs, and then who's getting out there first, who's reacting first, and, and all those types of things. So it, it very much, I feel like the pre-play makes such a huge difference in the outcome of a round, whereas Call of Duty, the pre-play can make a little bit of a difference, but it's very much performance-based when you come out. Right. Would you agree? Right, yeah. I mean, you obviously have to, there's some nade spots that you hit and you know uh -huh. things like that, but overall, it's it's how good you are at the game, to be honest with you. Um, there is there is some setups that the, the teams use, and and um, but yeah, I, I would agree. Counter-Strike, definitely, um, you, you got to pre-plan what you're going to do before each round, for sure. Yeah. And then... Overwatch. Overwatch comes into it, and Overwatch has been out for about a year or two. And I, I just got introduced that to that by my friend Julian, who uh, introduced me to that on a trip. And I started playing that game, and there's a bunch of different heroes. I never really liked League of Legends. I could never get into League of Legends for some reason. It was 45-minute matches. I The whole interface and how you attacked and all that, it just never... When I clicked the button... <laughs> it just didn't seem like it was doing anything. When I was clicking there, it's like, I'm not doing anything. Hit that guy. Um, and so now you get over to Overwatch where there's all these different heroes. There are sniper heroes. They also have their own characters and their own backstories as well. And I was instantly hooked. And the way that that game feels, 
To be honest with you, please go out and try it. It is so much fun. And now it has created one of the more interesting models, which we might see happen a lot, which will make esports popular, which is just like the NFL having a team from London, team from San Francisco, two L.A. teams. You're having a whole with two conferences and standings and a playoff and then eventually a grand final, you know, at a certain place. This year it was in New York. The London Spitfire won the championship this year, and it was broadcasted on ESPN. And the next, I think, whichever the next uh, Overwatch team franchise is, it's valued at like 50 or $60 million right now. It's already growing value, especially when ESPN buys the rights to the finals from because they just do it on Twitch. But now Overwatch, I think, has built up. Not only do they have their own farm leagues, but they've built up the system to where you can actually make it popular. And even if you don't know what's going on, because sometimes esports are terribly hard to watch. Like sometimes it's hard to to follow through and keep together. Overwatch has those good plays every once in a while. And I think that the broadcasters do a good job at breaking things down and helping everybody understand the game. But you can be a London Spitfire fan purely because you're from London and you want to wear the jersey. And I think it will allow esports to transcend quite a bit and essentially make it more of a household thing. Like, I seriously believe within the next 10 years, esports will consistently be on ESPN and there are going to be people competing for it because they need more viewers. They're trying to grab onto a, a section of, I guess, the society that's cutting the cable um, that are normally tuning into Twitch anyway to watch Ninja. So, <laughs> I mean, Ninja's getting 500,000 viewers when he plays with Koibo or Juju or whatever. Um, so, yeah, or Drake. That was pretty Yeah, cool. no, that was that huge. Was cool. That was huge. Um, but, what, but would you say, I, I guess to kind of ask you a question, Dustin, is would you, would you say that the league format that we're seeing in the Overwatch League could be the future of how we see all esports kind of evolve. That's how it should be. I, and the thing with Call of Duty is they always were just on organizations, right? And so they never really got their name out there unless you already knew about. Well, like when I grew up, I knew about Phase Clan, like Snipe and Phase Clan, 360 No Scope. That's how I got into competitive Call of Duty because I I kind of followed some of the Phase guys, and then they started talking about, it and that's how I got into it. But if you're not a gamer, you, you have no idea that Call of Duty is an eSport, to be honest with you. I mean, you still think it's just pub matches, and you know, you just get online and jump in a lobby with friends. That's the thing that Call of Duty needs to do, is they need to franchise and, and do what Overwatch is doing. Overwatch has been out for a year. Call of Duty has been out for years, and Overwatch has already surpassed them um, by huge margins. And so I think that's the thing that Call of Duty needs to do, is they need to franchise. They need to pick locations. Like, Chicago's really big into Call of Duty. Dallas... Two of the biggest organizations come from Dallas and Chicago. Uh, St. Louis is another big one. I just think that they need the franchise like Overwatch is doing because when you do that, people are interested because they're like, oh, our city has this team. Like we can we can there's another team that we can support. And like you said, with the London Spitfire, like people just might wear the jersey because they're from London. And that gains exposure to the Call of Duty scene and the Overwatch scene. And that's that's the way I think Call of Duty needs to go. And I think they're starting to go that route, but there's still a long way to go. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. The franchising needs to happen um, for, for Call of Duty. And then, of course, you still have the people with when you're playing different characters, one player. OK, what's their who's running Mercy? Who's running the support and who's running Reinhardt at the tank spot? 
And so each team is going to have positions. And so you're able to say, okay, well, who is the best sniper in the game? Who's the best Hanzo in the game? They always talked about that a lot, especially during the final where the sniper battle was an important part of who won the point. And so that essentially allows you to relate it to other sports. And then, of course, they have substitutions in the middle of it. So it all it it exactly seems like any other sport. It's just esports. I think it will make it very much universal. Now, for me, the interesting thing is, is that a lot of people have been discussing Fortnite and the huge just carbon footprint it has made and pop culture and all that. Do you believe that Fortnite will continue to be a power in five years? No. Why? Uh, I, I just think Fortnite has done certain updates to the game where... Um a lot of people were very discouraged with the way Fortnite is going right now. I think there's a lot of updates that they did. That, like Minecraft. Yeah, where I where I just, I don't know. I, it's boring to me now. Do I think Battle Royale will still be a big game? Yes. Yeah. I have, I have trouble watching Fortnite competitively, though. I don't like the way it's set up. I think that they could do a better job finding a different way to play it competitively because right now it's just two duos. Uh, going into a lobby and the one who has the most kills wins. I I, I don't know if I like that. Um, also, I, I guess to, to go on that point, to jump in, there are, essentially when you're watching the summer skirmish, you know, broadcast on Fortnite or whatever, they're covering essentially the whole arena, right. like you're watching the Hunger Games broadcast or something like that. But the Hunger Games broadcast is not going to cover, you know, everybody in the arena at one time. And so... Then you have to go over to a different streamer in order to find out what they're doing. And then you're missing what the general action is. And so essentially in an NFL game, you can see the 22 people on the field. You know where everybody is at one time. And so that's you can keep track of all that fairly easily. But with Fortnite, it's so jumping around that the people who are controlling the broadcast have the say as to who you should be watching. And who would you be watching? Ninja. Yep. You know, if the NBA was just one big full arena, we had 30 games, <laughs> we had 15 games going on, who would NBA TV have the game on? LeBron. Yeah. Yep. I agree. LeBron. I mean, that that's simple. And so there's therein lies the problem for me. I agree with you. I don't think Fortnite is going to be a big power in five years. Just because of that, because they're not doing what Overwatch is doing to cater to a larger audience that isn't just youth because obviously they hit very well with the youth they've hit very well with adults who are okay to play with youth now and the battle royale scene kind of fits that because they took what PUBG had and made it good for kids obviously when you're making something good for kids you're going to make a lot of money off right. of it you're going to make a lot of money but in terms of the long term impact of a game counter strike still has impact Counter-Strike's still going for some reason, even though they're not on the top level, is because the game has been designed for longevity. Yeah. I think also Rocket League, five years from now, will still be around yeah. because the game has been designed for longevity. Now, same thing with Rocket League. They still have, okay, it's you know Cloud9 facing this random team of three that entered the Championship League series together, and now they're in it. So you wonder at some point, instead of going kind of with an open bracket form with qualifiers, which therein lies, okay, I have to go. Do I want to follow this person? Do I want to follow them? 
and Rocket League sort of controlling who's the focus right now, you then go to, okay, well, let's make teams across the world. And you make them franchises, and you put teams on there, and you go 3v3. I almost think at some point you almost consider in Rocket League going 4v4, adding another person on the field maybe just to allow for more chaos. I mean, 3v3 right now is perfectly good, and it makes everything really interesting. The passes are great, but at the same time, like it can still be tough to watch because of all the flying around going on. And, of course, having to control the camera at the same time, you're flipping in between perspectives, whereas that's why traditional sports work so well is because you can put the camera right there. You pan left and right. You can see everybody. You can keep track of everybody. It all makes sense. That, to me, is the biggest challenge for eSports is how do you continue to do that? Overwatch, yes, they still cut into the perspectives of the players as they go. But at the same time, you can still keep a good track on the action as a whole um, a lot better than some of the other games are doing. And so for me, that'll be an interesting thing to track off of. Anything else to add, Dustin? Uh, just just to the camera, um, the different angles that they have. I, esports has come a long ways in that, and I know they mm-hmm. still have a long ways to go. But compared to, well, let's, let's just go like three, four years ago, man, the difference from when I used to CODcast back in Advanced Warfare to now, the camera angles are amazing. You can get an over-the-top view of the map, and you can see the, all the players running together and where they're setting up. And, man, they've come a long ways, and they're putting a lot of time into CODcasting. And, it, well, yeah, CODcasting, I guess, is what we call in the Call of Duty scene, but but broadcasting in general and finding the, the best camera views that they can to show everybody on the map. And I think they're doing a really good job of it. Obviously, there's a long way to go. Uh, but man, I'm really excited for the future of esports. And I know an article just came out, or a big uh, series just came out with Ninja on ESPN. Oh yeah. Um, and they were just talking about him. And I hate how people dog on like saying that esports isn't a sport. Um, I, that gets to me. Well, what's your take on that? Do you think esports is a sport, or is it in its own? I would say it's in its I mean, own we category. Have this, we, we have this argument all the time: is band a sport? Is blank right. a sport? I. Just because, first off, just because something isn't a sport doesn't mean it doesn't require skill, effort, dedication, or just flat-out talent. Right. We should get that out of the way. If it's it's a sport or not, that shouldn't just discredit it right there. Marching band is something I couldn't do. I can't, the only instrument I've ever played was recorder in fourth (laughs) grade. It was bad. Esports is a sport. Like, yeah. you do have to mentally train, physically train, place the crosshair in the right moment, have everything in your brain and your hands come together one time, and then do it in 10 milliseconds. A tenth of a second. Mm-hmm. All those things, all the information, looking at your radar, you're having to... It's like, it's, it's like everybody's playing quarterback on one team. Right. You're ha- you have that much information going on where everybody's playing quarterback on the same team. I absolutely believe it's a sport. It takes dedication. It takes training. And, of course, all of that information, it does make it a sport. Now, one quick question for you. You told me the other night that you did have sort of a brush when you were podcasting. You had a brush with a very popular 
broadcaster now who has jumped over into the Fortnite scene. Who is that? That is Courage. Jack Dunlap is the guy's name, his real name, but uh, he goes by Courage in the video game world. Yeah. When I was casting for Game Battles, which is the company that I actually play tournaments under now, um, I was actually contcasting for them back in Advanced Warfare, and when the competitive scene switched from Xbox to PS4, I was 16 years old. My mom was like, oh, you don't need to be playing these video games. And I didn't have a job at that time, and so um, I couldn't switch over to PS4 right away, and it took me a couple months, and while that happened, they were like, well, we can't keep you employed you know, if if you can't switch over and cast on PS4. So I gave up my position and they hired a guy by the name of Courage. He ended up becoming a big time. They called him a shout streamer or a shout caster, I should say, on in Call of Duty. And this last year, in the middle of the year, he decided to quit podcasting and switch over to full time streaming Fortnite and man, this guy has taken off. Even if you're not an esports guy, you know who Courage is. He's one of Huge. the top I mean, he's, streamers. He's I know. jumped off. I mean, he's won money at in the summer skirmishes. He's right, right, you know, top five right now. And he, he didn't did. even want to. He didn't even want to be a professional Fortnite player. He just wanted to be a streamer. But one thing led to another. He played with a couple of pro players, and he found out he could hang with them. And he's like, well, why not give it a shot? I'm streaming it every day. Why not put in some time and get better and see if I can win some money. And he's done it. He hasn't won tournaments, but he's placed pretty well in them. And those Fortnite tournaments, you can place 18th place and pick up $18,000 just from that, you know? So when Epic Sports decides to drop $100 million into esports this year, yeah, you might want to switch over. <laughs> that's, that's where the money is. And right. so you go there. Now, I guess one final note, I always feel like in my personal experience playing Fortnite, that whenever I played, everybody else that essentially has been playing regularly is is just off the charts good. Like yeah. I, since I didn't start when the trend started, and then continue to play, everybody's off the charts good. Whereas CS:GO, I can take a break from that. I mean, I didn't come in when the game started. I came in later. I learned the game. I took a long break from it. Came back, and I can still play the game at the same at a good enough level for me to be able to, to be happy to enjoy playing the game whereas Fortnite for me if you're not on the train and you're not on the trend you're losing already i almost think that rocket league is is not as much like that rocket league still you can pick it up and continue to learn even though more ways to score and more tactics are being developed every day but that's another one of Fortnite's biggest problems is that you can pick it up and play it whenever you want, but it's still going to be tough for you to compete against even the regular person that sits down every night at nine o'clock and plays for two hours because they've been, they know what the latest update is and they know all that. And whereas Overwatch, they're not, they still change things. They add a character every once in a while, but you can take a break. I can come back to it and still play well because the mechanics are pretty much the same. And there's the big problem. And I only wonder, five years from now, will we be talking about Fortnite still being around, kind of fading off, or being done? Yep. I don't know. But that's a question to be answered at a later time. I want to say again that we talk about gaming on here. This was the first time we did it. If you have any topic that you're interested in and you want to come on the podcast, please shoot me 
a tweet at Rome for Real or a DM, or you can contact Dustin at Stort Center with an O or Jeff <laughs> or anybody interested at, at, that's been on the podcast. Let us know because we're always interested in finding new things to talk about. It doesn't matter if it's pop culture, if it's important to you, we'll discuss it and we'll interview you about it. And so after the break, we're going to get into some more interesting topics as we normally do here on the 502. quick before we get back to the show if you're interested in sponsoring the 502 podcast and allowing your business organization or yourself to gain more exposure message me on twitter at rome for real or shoot me an email at alecrome at huskers.unl.edu not only would you be helping your business grow and reach ears of critical demographics but you're also helping poor college students like me eat every day no food means no podcast seriously though We will use the money to buy better recording equipment in order to make the podcast even more enjoyable for the listener at home. If you're not looking for sponsorship, but you want to send a little something to say you enjoy the podcast, click the listener support link in the description or on Anchor, or shoot me a donation at paypal.me slash alecrome. No donations are ever expected, but it helps. Now, back to the program. You're listening to the 502 Podcast. Find past episodes on anchor.fm, the Anchor app, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Thanks for staying with us here on the 502. And remember, you can listen to past episodes anywhere where podcasts are put out. And finally, we did get the 502 on iTunes. It is out. You can find it on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. We have the 502 on all Apple devices now. Thank goodness. We had to make sure that was taken care of. We fought and we did get it approved by Apple. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Tim Cook, and all that. I'm just going to really quick, this is sort of an intermediate thing. We're going to send you to a segment we did on Monday where we talked about the guy you shouldn't be and also discuss some of our favorite music because this is obviously becoming a culture podcast. It's not just about sports, people. It's about culture. Migos culture. Like that cult. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. But we're going to go to that. Hope you enjoy it. And then we finish out the show with Google Feud. So send you to that. Bye bye. Don't be this guy. And we're going to tell you who this guy is right now. Halftime. Bills, the Buffalo Bills of the NFL. The NFL, they're like that football league. Everybody pays money to go to games and then they have this big championship at the end of the year. Well, yeah, they're. There's a guy playing in the Buffalo Bill on the Buffalo Bills team against the LA Chargers. And at halftime during the game, Buffalo Bills were struggling a little bit. And he tells the coaching staff, I'm retiring at the halftime of the second game of the season in an NFL game. Don't be that guy. I guess here's the reason why. Have you ever put together one of those 500-piece puzzles, right? You know, you get through it a little bit, and you take a break. You get about 200, 250 pieces together. You take a break. 
And sometimes you're like, you know, I'm not going to touch that for a while, little while, but I do want to come back and finish that. I'm going to finish it. Vontae Davis, in essence, what he did on Sunday was, you know what? I'm going to put 250 pieces of this puzzle together, and I'm not going to touch that puzzle until I die. I'm done with the puzzle. Why quit at halftime? Why? Finish out the game. Lazy dude. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. He's getting paid $5 million to play. Choke it. I mean, suck it up. Yeah, my, I, I think my biggest thing with it is if, if you don't think you can compete out there, right? It's one thing to be like, coach, like, I don't think I can compete. And pull yourself out of the game and still be there and support your teammates and stand on the sideline in your jersey and continue to support your brothers out there uh, fighting with you. It, it's another thing to pull yourself out of the game, leave the stadium in your dress clothes at halftime. I, I just... I. I can't respect that, man. I mean, you got brothers out there that are fighting to try to win a football game and you just leave on them like that and and just up and retire. If you're going to retire, wait till after the game. Say, hey, guys, I just I don't think I can help this team, you know, like like the way I want to, the way I envisioned it. And I can't do it anymore. Like, that's one thing. But to leave at halftime, don't tell anybody. Just say, I'm done. I'm retiring and leave. It's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. And how mentally, how can you do that? Like me personally, I just feel like just a total jerk of just like ditching everyone teammates coaches and especially the franchise who what gave him five million dollars this year to play cornerback for him and he's still getting that money because he was on an active roster so practically he gets five million dollars for what one half or what did he play a game did he play in the no, season i thought so so he only played one half of football and he's getting five million dollars he decided to quit at halftime one half of the season one half I don't uh, it makes no sense. Linebacker Lorenzo Alexander for the Bills actually was the one to kind of alert reporters to Davis's retirement after the game. He said, "Never have I seen it never have seen it ever. Pop Warner high school college pros never heard of it. Never seen it and it's just completely disrespectful to his teammates. He didn't say nothing to nobody. I found out going into the second half of the game. They said he's not coming out. He's retired. That's it." I mean, and as a teammate, how do you respond to that news? I mean, he's a veteran presence in the locker room. He's played in the league for like almost a decade. How do you, like a team like the Bills, a veteran that's already having problems? Yeah. How how do you react to that news going in the second half of a football game, not at the end of a game, in the middle of one? (sighs) Yeah, that's just that goes back to the disrespectful part of it, man. Like. I would totally respect a player if after the game they were like, guys, like, I, I'm hurting this team by playing, you know, and I, I just don't think I can do it anymore. That, that's one thing. But like I said, to leave at halftime, just change clothes and walk out the stadium like nothing ever happened, man, that's just. And then, like, yeah, he just doesn't even have the guts to tell his teammates, you know, mm-hmm. he has to release a statement through the NFL on social media. That just, man. That's... I mean, he's allowed to do that. It's within his right as a uh you're allowed to quit when you want to. And, of course, I think somebody brought up the point that we would probably be celebrating people that decided to quit halfway through a shift at, you know, McDonald's or something like yeah. that. And had the courage. I mean, I think I think it's just because it's the NFL. People aren't paid $5 million at, to work at McDonald's. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah. So I, I think that's the biggest thing for me, um, at least in that situation. But, hey, you know what? If you want to say I'm out this ma, I'm out, you know. Okay. That's cool. So everybody at home, don't be that guy. I guess before we take a break, now that we have a little bit of a chance to breathe, has anybody anything interesting going going on in the personal lives this week? Anything really, anything positive you want to share with the viewers and listeners? Gosh, anything positive you want to share with the listeners at home? I don't know going to Chicago this week with the learning community. Very so cool. Should be pretty fun. Big Ten Network, The Onion. So good to go to Second City, home of oh, many famous yes. uh, stars. Now Steve Carell, Alan Alda. Stephen Colbert, Stephen one of Colbert. my favorites. Second City, a lot yes. of great talent from there. Tina Fey. So, really excited for that. Unfortunately, we won't go to the Chicago White Sox, the Chicago White Sox Cubs series. That's playing when we're there, but that's okay. No, that's, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Dustin? Man, nothing interesting over the weekend. Oh, well, actually, today was the four-year anniversary of when I met Tommy Armstrong. Today. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. How'd you meet Tommy Armstrong? At the Columbus Horse Races. He was mm. standing there, and my buddies and I were like, hey, that's Tommy. And they were like, yo, we should ask for a picture. I was like, I'll do it. And I walked up. I was like, hey, Tommy, can we get a picture? He's like, yeah, sure, guys. And we got <laughs> a picture, awesome. and uh, it's super cool. And I've met him a couple other times since then. I actually seen him a few weeks ago and talked to him for a little while, for about five minutes. And good guy, man. Was that the welcome event here? No, 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 that was at the races again. Oh, wow. Horse okay, let's say, yeah, I, had, I took a picture with him. Just, yeah, it was like the first week when they had a welcome event. So he's been around, I guess. He's been pretty active with the with the yeah, yes. football squad yeah. this year. So that's nice to see. I don't know exactly what he's doing now, but it's good to see him come back um, and do stuff. But, yeah, I'm going to an Alan Jackson concert this mm-hmm. Friday. Oh, Alan. You know what? Alan Jackson, some people don't like country, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Alan Jackson is one of those really solid country artists. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think of his best hit, hits. Um, uh, he... He's gone country, or she's gone country, or something like that. Um, stupid text. Um, he's got a couple good hits in there. Hold on, pause. Let me let me look this up. Remember yeah. when? Oh yeah, remember when Great gets song. totally pulls the heartstrings and it comes out. I have to. That's the type of song where I have to turn it off because it's like, please stop. Yeah. I can't do this. One underrated song, and it's really sad by him, is a sissy song. That's really sad, but it's really good. Um, Drive, Daddy, let me drive. Oh come on, it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, That's yeah. a great song. Jimmy Buffett. It's five o'clock somewhere. If Jimmy Buffett walks out on stage, what would Jimmy Buffett do? Now Jim, Jimmy Buffett literally got rich and famous off one song. Margaritaville was literally it for Jimmy Buffett, yeah. and the dude now has a Broadway play. Margaritaville restaurants. He's trying to do a retirement community for Margaritaville. I mean, come on. That's a pretty good life. You make one song. All you have to do is sing that song for the rest of your life. Yeah. When anybody wants you to sing it. That's pretty cool for me. That's the then you just go drink in the bar. Um, that That's pretty fun. Uh, what's he? Oh, Don't jo- Rock the Jukebox. That's that's a good oh, one from Alan Jackson. Yeah, he's... That's one of those solid artists there. Another one for me, like... The most recent artist to come out from country that I'll actually want to listen to is Chris Stapleton. Okay. Chris Stapleton is really, like, he wrote songs for Adele and other artists before he actually decided to, to do it on his own. And when he came out with, uh, I think it was Traveler was the album, that had a lot of country music winner uh, award winners right there. 
I mean, he's just got this, he's got this really deep sound. I guess not a deep sound, but it's like a, a traditional country sound, but also with some interesting guitar and almost maybe a tiny bit of jazz and blues influence. Um, and then, of course, his sound is just so, the way he sings is just very, very unique to him. I mean, it's not like the normal country twang. It's kind of like this, can sometimes get really high and then goes all the way back down again. So I, I it just always sounds really good. Um, th- that, that for me is one that I'll listen to without hitting myself. Now, Sam Hunt, I, I don't know why okay. Sam Hunt songs are still on my phone. Like, I downloaded those for some reason thinking they were good, and then whenever a Sam Hunt song comes on my phone, I'm like, stop. Like, country <laughs> pop, this needs to stop. One guy I really like, and he's been pretty quiet the last few years, is Josh Turner. He's just got that unique, really low voice, and I, I love his music. Uh, Luke Combs is another guy. Oh, yeah. I think he's really underrated. I think he's a, a pretty good country artist as well. But there's too many country pop artists. Like, I think Jason Aldean's went that way quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Luke Combs is, is probably my favorite artist right now when it comes to country music. But I like the old guys, George Strait, Garth Brooks. Those three guys are, are in, in Alan Jackson. I find myself listening to every once in a while Big and Rich's uh, We're Coming to Your City. Okay. Because that's yeah. always the, the oh, college, college football yeah. Saturday thing. Yeah, we're coming. And the, the music video is so strange for that. They're in this like UFO and with all these different people. Like, just so. Mm. It's such a strange video, yeah. but it's a great song. Like, sometimes I think the music videos will like ruin things, but then you're. With that, it's like, that's so strange. It's like, how can I ever, like, make a negative emotion out of that one? It's just like, they're in a UFO, and they're saying, we're coming to your city, and they got Marilyn Manson. Like, who cares? Like, that. <laughs> that's pretty legendary to me. So, Jeff, what do you, you know what? That's one thing I guess I don't know about you, Jeff. What music are you really into? Because we, we've listened to some stuff in the car that you enjoyed, but what, what do you, what, what makes Jeff tick? What does Jeff get hyped to what is he banging what what are bangers to well, jeff well it's not country i can tell you that i have the uh, people you mentioned i i no clue you talk about you could have been talking swahili to me and i wouldn't have known well wouldn't and know i'm sure difference. some listeners at home are like oh yeah, yeah country yeah, yeah but i don't hate some songs i actually like but it's like it's i'm just a music aficionado yeah. i just like music i mean if it's good music i vibe with it so but anyway i think it's Alternate rock is what's labeled as. So Fall Out Boy, Imagine Dragons. Okay. My favorite band is called. Um, it's kind of a smaller band now. It's called The Score. They're doing. Okay. Uh, you you guys probably recognize their song. They've actually they do a, they ESPN. a lot of pop songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I listen to those type of bands. I've never been much of a country guy, but yeah, those kind of Imagine Dragons was like my first. Really, I really like that band, and it was Fall Out Boy, and then just recently in the past like year, it's been the score. So, so do you listen to like All Time Low? Or is that yes, I, I have a couple of their songs. I love All Time mm-hmm. Low, man. I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, I I got into like alternative rock my senior year in high school, yeah. and I was really big into it mm-hmm. for a while, and then it, I kind of faded out. But I still I still listen to All Time Low. I think they're really good. I like Skillet. I have a few of their songs. Okay. So Thirty Seconds to Mars is another one that. Oh yes, I like now that Skillet band. I can agree with. I like yeah. Skillet. Uh, oh, I got a couple of One Republic songs on here. Underrated, I think, is Zade Wolf, if you've heard of him. He has a couple of songs that you might recognize. Is he Zade Wolf? 
Why why did he sound like a One Direction member? No, he is he wasn't. not? Was no, Zane. no. Oh, was Zane. Zane. Was Zane. Yeah. Oh, I have Lincoln Park. Okay, yeah. So Lincoln okay. Park. Oh, and this won't. Waterworks. Most people won't probably won't like this, but I do have Nickelback on here. I, I like Lincoln. Yes, yeah, like there's Nickelback. a couple Are Nickelback songs like yeah. that too. Well, I don't. I don't get why people hate him so much. It's How? just a stigma. I, I I like him. It just became a meme. That's just like yeah. one of the first memes the internet come out of Nickelback socks. Like listening to Nickelback and all that, but really, like, uh, you, uh, how you remind me that, like, just bass below that is always so good. That, um, this afternoon, like, looking like about another Bob Marley day, and that's kind of a fun one. Um, well, what's another one that I always listen to? Um, Burn It to the Ground is a tough oh, rock song. Yeah, w- I know that because WWE used that for a while for a lot yeah, of like Raw's yep. main song. Yeah, That one got definitely stuck in my head. I was going to play you guys. I mean, we. I don't know whether or not this is going to stay on the podcast. I don't particularly care because we're just going to do a, zamp- a sample of it. But have you ever heard Kaleo before? Oh, Hot Blood? I downloaded that song. That's by them. Yeah, Kaleo. I love Kaleo and their sound. Um, here, I'll play. Because uh, they have... They've done everything from Way Down We Go, which is just a perfect song. I oh, love that yeah. song so much. And where down we go, oh, 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 it's a good beat. And, and this is totally different from like, I'd say that they had some different stuff. They have this sound and then they've got their really like rock heavy stuff and then a little bit of blues, kind of like almost blues rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude's voice is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So let me play you a different one. Hold on. Another guy I really like was Daughtry. Oh, oh dude. yeah, yeah. I got a couple of their songs on there, too. Daughtry should have won American Idol. No yeah. question. Like, that was the biggest snub, in my opinion. But obviously, he went on huge commercial success. Here, let me play the, the White Flag one. This is White Flag off Daughtry's brand new album. And they're so, I wish I could go see them live. I think it was maybe Daughtry and Three Doors Down did something at the Sturt Concert Cove, and I so wish, I wish I would have made that so much. There are concerts, like, I don't go to enough concerts, and I miss concerts that I really want to go to so bad. Another one for me um, that some people may not have heard of before, I love the, these guys a lot. If you're into rap, Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels is so fun. I mean, it's basically like these two guys that, like these two dads, like these two dads. There's Killer Mike, who's been in the underground hip hop scene for a long time. I mean, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they come together and do these rap albums, and they're just so interesting. And the flow these guys have is so good. Um, Oh, they use this Black uh, Panther. Yeah. We did a tablet of acid today. Skirt. We're just dancing in here. That's why. You're just going to keep listening to this yeah. for a little bit, to be honest with you. Boom, boom. Big three will get down there. Yes. We'll start dancing. Bounce, boom, bounce with a cush. Does UNL have like a formal? I think they do. Do they? We should tear that stuff up, bro. That's actually where I met my last ex-girlfriend was at a, 
uh, not a formal, but it was a school dance. Anyway, pretty weird. Solid, solid music recommendation for you there. Kaleo, Daughtry, Run the Jewels. You, you'll love Run the Jewels if you like that kind of a mix between rock and hip-hop. Those guys are so good. Um, I miss them. They came to Maha Music Festival a couple years ago. And initially, I wasn't into their sound, so I didn't go. And then I started getting into their sound. I'm like, that is the biggest regret. I really wish I would have went to their festival, uh, to the Maha Festival, and listened to them. So uh, I guess after the break, really quick, we're going to take a second to calm down from our music loving. And then we're going to play Google Feud. That's right. It's Google Feud after the break on the 502. As you can tell, music, like this track right here, is an important part of our podcast. We are always looking for more music to add to the listening experience. If you make any kind of music and want to be featured on the 502 podcast, send me a message on Twitter at Rome for Real or email me at alecrome at huskers.unl.edu. And if we like the track, we'll use it on the show. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to the podcast, and let's get back to it. You're listening to the 502 Podcast. Find past episodes on Anchor.fm, the Anchor app, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Welcome back to the 502 Podcast. Alec Rome, Jeff Ekstrom, Dustin Stortzum, and now it is time to wrap it up with a game. We like playing games here on the podcast, and so we're going to play a game called Google Feud. da 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 I'm sorry, I'm not Steve Harvey, um, but I do have hair, so that's at least a good thing. <laughs> so if you've never played Google Feud before, Google Feud is essentially a website. Uh, if you literally just go to googlefeud.com, you can play this game. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time waster. You can choose a category, and it'll give you a Google search query, and then you have to guess how um, people filled in, how autocorrect filled in the Google search uh, theory as to what people normally searched for. So it'll give you something. There's four different categories, culture, people, names, and questions, and it will be Jeff against Dustin. We're going to go three rounds. And, of course, first round, you're going to each get your own separate question and three strikes to try and get as many as you can and as many points. And then second round, the point uh, totals will double, and the third round, the point totals will triple, and then all the glory uh, to the, what is it? It's too late to be thinking victor, about. Yeah. To the victor, go the spoils. There we go. Thank you very much, Justin. Okay. So, Google feud. Here we go. Do we need a coin flip, or who wants to go first? I'll let Jeff go first. Jeff, Jeff, we're gonna go first. All right. Pick a category: culture, people, names, or questions. We'll go culture. Culture. Got to do it for the culture. Yep. How does Google autocomplete this query? Can the government take your blank? Top 10 answers on the board. Go. Take your rights. Can the government take your rights? Can we Can we see rights? No. Ooh. Strike one. Um, can government take away your money? Money. Number four. That's wow. the number four answer. And so... Because it's the number four answer, you get seven points for that. Okay. So the higher it is on the board, the more points you get. So you have seven points, one strike, another one. Oh, what can the government take away? I wish we could do this as a team because I got some I, good ideas. I know. Oh. 
Oh boy. We could probably do that on a different different podcast. We do, you know, Jeff Jeff family versus maybe Tim can come back. Tim and I can podcast it again. And liberty, liberty. Can the go- can the government take your liberty? Can the government <laughs> take an idea? I don't earn. Wait, do I get to steal or no? Can I steal? Uh, you can't. At, at you strikes? can't really. You can't really steal because, like, they would only give him two strikes. Then I, I've been trying to figure out how you could steal with this. Gotcha. So yeah, that's why me. I'm just kind of separating it. Eventually, I'll figure out a good way to make this close to what Family Feud actually is. But for now, Liberty. No <laughs> strike two. <laughs> Can the government take your blank? Can the government take? <laughs> What? Can the government take your virginity? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to make that your answer? You know what? We'll go ahead. I and legitimately do it. believe yeah, this is up here. Let's do it. Let's Can do the it. government take your virginity? <laughs> no. Oh. oh. I'm Darn. sorry. It was good. It was good. Yeah, the number one. Okay, bad. so the number one answer was IRA. This one was an easy one. This was a uh, guns. Okay, oh, that was good. Yeah. House, dog, oh, gold, house. house House for not paying taxes, um, social security money, citizenship, gold and silver were the top ten answers. And so Jeff is on the board with seven points after round number one. And now Dustin's turn in round number one and pick a category, Dustin. Oh, what are they again? They are culture, people, names, and questions. Mm, let's go questions. Why not? Now, sometimes the categories, like, they don't always give you the right thing. So, questions. Here it is. Okay. Is my cat blank? Pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Survey says pregnant. Yes, the Uh, number seven answer. uh, Number seven answer. Four points for Dustin. No strikes. Okay. Uh, Is my cat sick? Mm. Sick. I got a good one. Show us sick. Number one answer. Wow. Ten points. How's that number one? Is my cat... Um, <laughs> is my cat dead? Dead. <laughs> it's probably on there. <laughs> I, I hope you were able to find that out before going to Google, but is my cat dead? No. Strike one. Oh, Is my cat neutered? Neutered. Mm. Can we see neutered? No, strike two. One more strike. The end of round one. Yeah, I'll give you one since not. Is my cat Satan? (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Some people are not cat lovers, and we're going to go with, is my cat Satan? No, strike three. I bet evil might have been one of them, though. Might have been. Is my cat in heat, dying, Overweight, happy, depressed, too skinny, <laughs> cold, in pain were the other answers oh, okay. that you didn't get. And so after round number one, Dustin has a 14-7 to 7 lead, a touchdown lead. And now, I guess for round two, we'll have Dustin start. Is that okay mm-hmm. to trade off? Dustin is going to start culture, people, names, questions. Let's go names. Go with names. It's names. So you're going to get a name here. Okay. You're going to get a first name, and then you got to fill in with what a last name would be. And this is going to be interesting. Hmm. How does Google autocomplete this query? Jose blank. Martinez. Show us Martinez. No. Strike one. Oh, wow. Conseco. 
Canseco. Oh. Show us Mr. Jose Canseco. Number 10. Number right. 10. There we go. Got a point there. Oh, it's two points. Remember, I should have said this before. Oh, yeah. Uh, point values are doubled. So, point values are doubled. We got one strike. Jose Blank. Altuve. Altuve going oh, yeah, with the, the Jose's in, in the base bottles of the things. The base balls. The base balls. Show us Altuve. No, strike two. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Ramirez is your final one. Let's see. Show us Ramirez. No. Wow. I was going to say Jose Batista. Fernandez. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The one I thought of is uh, uh, one round of Jose Cuervo. Okay. Was yeah. that one? That would have been a good one. Jose Aldo. Uh, Marti Feliciano. Jose Iglesias. Ferrer. Jose Bautista. See, I I Jose Calderon. That's tough. That was a tough one. Yeah, but that's tough. You did get two points, so now plus two points is at 16, and now Jeff's turn. Is it culture, people, names, or questions? Do we do... What was the one we haven't done? Haven't done people. people. Yeah, we'll do people. People can get a little weird. Sometimes it's kind of everything in people. Yeah, we'll try people. How does Google autocomplete this query? Points are doubled. I love my blank. My mom. Show us your mother. Yes. <laughs> Six points for the number hey, five answer. Yeah. So that puts Jeff in the lead. No strikes. I love my blank. Myself. Myself. Well, doesn't somebody feel a little high on themselves yes, now? Yes, very. Little church lady. Show us self-love. No. Okay. Strike one. <laughs> I love my dog. Dog. That's got to be up there. It's got to be. A dog. My D-A-W-G. Steve, Steve's got to be up there. Can we see dog? No. Strike two. Wow. wow. Strike two. I see that. Now it doesn't make me want to go with cat. I was going to go back. I love back. my blank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be too raunchy on here. Um, OJ was the limit. Yeah. I love my job. Love my job said no one ever <laughs> and let's see if all the people googling things say they love their job no they don't wow. i love my husband pillow wife sister boyfriend family daughter family. girlfriend and best friend wow no nothing no unique pets. there really yeah. nothing unique wow no pets whatsoever you hate to see that. Yeah. And so it's 19 to 16 after two rounds. And so the final round, round number three, Jeff's going to start. Okay. Point values are triple, 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 triple. All right. Again, culture, people, names, questions at the categories. Jeff, go ahead. Let's go questions. Why are cats blank? <laughs> again, we got cats again. Why are cats blank? Why are cats evil? Hey. Show us satanic cats. No. What? You hate to see that. Wow. I, yeah, I would have thought there's something. Why? I've why got are, a couple ideas, but I can't give you that. I'm the host. Why are cats fat? Why are cats fat? Fat cats. Because you feed them. <laughs> Show us the fat cats. No. Wow, I'm going to go over on this one, aren't I? Over. Two strikes. Over. He's going to be able to hold on to a three-point lead, maybe. Need something right here, folks. Why are cats better than dogs? Why are cats better than dogs? That's a, a bold statement. 
Show us why cats are better than dogs. Yes, it's the number three answer. Yes. Eight points times three is 24 points. Pulling one out there, yeah. Jeff Extra. That was big. Still yeah. two strikes. Big pulling that one out there. Well, then I gotta go the opposite. Why are cats worse than dogs? Show us the opposite. No, strike three. Mm, okay. The number one answer is why are cats afraid of cucumbers? Oh, yes. I've seen those videos, yeah. Why are cats so cute, so mean, so weird, afraid of water, uh, noses wet, so curious, so lazy, and good pets? So 24 points there for Jeff. A big deficit for Dustin to come back on the final question. Culture, people, names, questions, triple the points. Go ahead, Dustin. Let's do it for the culture. Doing it for the culture. Got to get a lot of points here. You are down by a, a number that I can't count right now, but i say about 20, so okay. we'll, we'll do the final counts. All right. Culture. Oh, boy. Complete this auto. How would Google auto-complete this query? The Windy Blank. Huh. Oh, come on. The Windy City. Yeah. It's going to be like number one. Yes, that's number one. 30 yeah. points. I think that wins the yeah. game for Wow, him. come on. Wow. Steven Montez wow. draws back in the pocket looking <laughs> for Schnell down the sideline. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, that wins the game for him. 46-43. That's just dun, how dun, it rolls dun, dun, sometimes. That's back-to-back times I beat him on a... Who are the other answers? Uh, well, yeah, we'll check it real quick. The Windy <laughs> Apple... The Windy City Assassin, the Windy Thing, the Windy Planet, the Windy Baby. What the? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's the, say the first, yeah, the number one answer is about probably that, the I only thing. The yeah. Windy Blonde, the Windy Day, the Windy okay, Road. Windy Day, and maybe. What the? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's but, cheap. That's cheap. You hate to see that. I'm sorry. Jeff. Yeah. I want to redraw. Well, you could get a redraw next time on the 502 podcast if we do Google Feud again. But before that, I'd like to thank everybody again for listening. And if you like the podcast, share it on social media. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it because we that's how we essentially grow. We appreciate you listening. But if you really enjoy it, we want more people to hear what we're doing. As The weekend would say, go tell your friends about it. Thank you so much to Jeff Ekstrom for being with us and the other big three guy. Dustin Stortson. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being with us, and thank you at home for being a part of it. Until the next time, we say goodbye. This has been a presentation of AR Productions.